Hi, Defy Gravity listeners. How are you today? This is Juliana Sauer, and I am back with the amazing and awesome Jerry Lynn Fabian. Hi, Jerry Lynn. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, you uh, came to our discussions with an awesome topic, so I'm really excited about this one. And, and really, it's about the energetics around what we draw to ourselves, mm -hmm. and um, and and we see manifest in our world, like we mirror in our outside world, what is going on inside uh, in terms of our belief systems. So you could think about like you reap what you sow or what you focus on expands. Those are some of the terms that are commonly used uh, and people might resonate with. So I think it's a pretty um, appropriate topic. So what drew you to that topic? What got you uh, excited about talking about that? I've been thinking most of the times when ideas come to my mind, it's through reflection, thinking of my own life, you know, and thinking of uh, situations in which I would have brought experiences to me that completely, it seemed unwanted. <laughs> I sure didn't think I wanted them. But in reflection, I had to think about what was I doing that brought this to me, right? Yeah. And sometimes we continue to attract things that we don't want based mm -hmm. on not only focus, but the, it's not even subconscious because when you stop to think about it, it's right there staring you in the face. Yeah. But our responses that we would have had uh, with certain experiences, which actually built a relationship that formed a belief Mm -hmm. that would have brought certain, a certain uh, unwanted to our lives. Yeah. Okay. So um, I've had to do this in the area of relationship. <laughs> right. right. Why am I bringing, why, ooh, I see a pattern here. <laughs> you could be triplet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the moment I started paying attention to what are my beliefs and what relationship am I developing based on those beliefs? Yeah. Once I started shifting them, I started to attract differently. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, that's where that topic came from. Yeah. Uh, what relationship am I really forming? And, and when I say relationship, I'm talking about everything, including money, Mm -hmm. um, interpersonal relationships, uh, career, what mm -hmm. am I attracting to me based on the beliefs that I'm holding on to? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting as you go through that, you know, you start to get into things like, what do I believe I deserve right? versus what is it I want? Mm -hmm. um, and that deserving comes from those beliefs and experiences and foundational items that come as we grow up in families that have belief patterns that they share with their kids. You know, mm -hmm. money doesn't grow on trees. Right. Really, right. Almost everybody's heard that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what are they saying to you when they say that money doesn't grow on trees? You know, it's like you don't get to just have it when you want, you know, yeah. it's not just available to you like the leaves on the tree, you know, right. it's not, it's not abundant. Right? So you don't yeah. just get to just speak it and have it come to you. Those are some of the messages that, that lingered as a result. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the idea that you don't get it unless you work hard for it. Mm -hmm. When in fact, when you're in alignment and synchronicity is happening, so you may literally, it'll just like appear and you can do anything. It just shows up. <laughs> yeah. And that is one of the, I think, biggest factors at this stage in my life that I am seeking to, to find balance and meaning in. Yeah. I don't have to make meaning out of it, but life is teaching me, you know. I have a plant outside. I've been speaking about this plant for about three weeks now. Um, a client gave me a grapefruit, a grapefruit plant, and it's in a pot. And when I got it, it was all green, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe through lack of care on my part. About a week later, all the leaves were brown. And I thought it was dying. And, 
a little bit into the shade for a bit because it's pretty hot down here. See what happens. I watered it once um, in that week, and I looked out about a week later and I saw green on the plant. You know, and I said I didn't have anything to do with that. I mean, I don't think it's my watering that had anything to do. I had a desire for it to revive, you know, but I think the plant knew what to do to revive yes. itself. And I'm sitting here looking at the plant and certain even text comes to mind, you know, about the lilies of the fields and the birds of the air. And I'm asking myself, the plant knew what to do to revive. Why am I stressing? Yeah. You know, yeah. it happened without effort. Why am I stressing? And it goes back to the beliefs. Not just beliefs, the relationship that I have built with certain unwanted in my life. Yeah. You know. So that's where that came from. Mm -hmm. We can talk about money. That was that's a big one. It is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'll I'll speak into the the uh the beliefs about weight and body image and size. Mm -hmm. And in my own exploration, what I discovered is that by maintaining a heavier weight, I felt more protected because I didn't have the stronger, more intimate connections that I thought that I was desiring, mm -hmm. uh, but was really afraid of. Mm -hmm. uh, and so deep down inside, there was a piece of me that's like, I'm not sure I deserve those intimate relationships. So I need to create an external um, thing that kind of keeps those relationships at bay. And um, it, it becomes a self-serving how does this serve me, right? So how does it serve me for me to be on the heavier side? How does it serve me to be um, out of money all the time? Mm. How does it serve me to be and respond to a situation in a certain way? And that exploration of um, the shadow side of things at first mm -hmm. can be, um, you know, we resist it. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to pay attention to that. You know, I really, I want this thing but deep down inside, I don't believe I deserve it, or I, I don't believe that it's safe for me to have that situation or that relationship. Uh, and getting into that shadow work, um, I now have found it to be really interesting. Um, and, and one of the key pieces of that is to get the judgment and the shame out of it and look at it objectively as, okay, well, this is how I feel about it. And this is what I believe about it. And let me love that piece of me too. Right. So if uh, you were, sorry, go ahead. That's okay. If you were to describe the type of relationship you've had with your body, maybe in one word, what would that, what would that be? I mean, you, you said you were using it to serve a, a void. What would that relationship be described as? Um, I, the word I might use is lonely. Mm. So it was interesting because in my exploration, I found that loneliness was a very deep seated, um, uh, emotional energy within my, um, within my physical body, my psyche. And, um, I validated that loneliness by creating situations or behaviors that kept people away from me. Mm -hmm. kept me in situations of being alone. Uh, and so the thing that I said that I didn't want, I wanted all these people around me. I wanted all these relationships. I actually created situations that validated this deep seated loneliness. And that loneliness again was based in this. I'm not worthy of having those relationships because I'm not mm -hmm. this, that, and the other thing. Right. So it's a cycle that just keeps, you know, would keep repeating itself. One thing would be used to validate the next, right? Absolutely. That's yeah. so interesting. And, and I think anybody listening to this would be able to identify one, one element in their life where they do the same thing. Yes. Um, now, what I thought of two factors, of course, I thought about money, but then when I started evaluating, I said, I have never been in a position. And when I said it, I thought to myself, huh, 
That's interesting. I've never been in a position where I never had the things that I needed. Mm. I always knew that I would always have what I need. Yes. Right? And I've always trusted that my needs would be provided for. Even if not by the individuals directly connected to me, I could right. trust. I never had an issue trusting that when I have a need, it's going to be supplied. However, once, that's another story. Do mm-hmm. I get to want this thing, right? And so what I found was that the needs I never worried about. Oh, I need money. That's going to happen. I need to pay my bill. That's, I never once had to worry about where then, even if I did not have it on my bank account, right. even if I never spoke to anybody and asked them for it, I never worried. And just at yeah. the right time, something would happen. I get a gig on the side. I got, you know, whatever it was, always mm-hmm. provided for. Mm-hmm. Then... Once those needs were no longer an issue and I started thinking about the things I wanted, mm-hmm. that's when I realized, oh my goodness, I have beliefs yeah. that have actually created a certain type of relationship with myself and also created distance between actual desires that I have, right? I've had, but never took the time to pay attention to them. You know, do, right. I, get, do I get to want this? I actually have on my uh, screen paper on my phone right now, I get to want what I want. Yes. Just as a reminder, you know? Yes. And in the, indirectly, I realized that what I had, the belief that I had prior to that was, yeah, my needs are important, but my wants, which is by definition, that's what it suggests, right? Yeah. But my wants are leisure and I don't get to have things that you want. Mm. And that's something that parents actually say to children. You don't get to, you don't get everything that you want in life, right? right. And so yeah. it's easy to be passive or even indifferent when that has been your belief about yes. desires. You know, that's one of the, that's, that's one of the uh, factors that came to me. Um, and as a result, what relationship, if I were to, the same question that I asked you, if I were to describe that, I would describe it as scarcity, Mm -hmm. scarcity, even though I knew that my needs were provided for, I was still, I, I realized that once I shifted the shift for me was to acknowledge I have been getting the things that I wanted all along. It never really came the way I expected it to, just like with my needs. Right. I've been getting the things that I wanted all along. I didn't have to have a degree. I didn't have to get the scholarship. I didn't have to. But they were once, and I got them, and they came easy, and they flowed. So can I up it a bit? Can I increase my desires? (laughs) Can I start playing on the court now? (laughs) Right. Well, it's interesting to evaluate the idea of allowing luxuries, Mm -hmm. right? And some people might even call like getting their nails done a luxury, right? Yeah. Or getting their hair colored or getting a massage. Those are Mm -hmm. luxuries. Um, When in fact, I think the massage piece of it is an absolute necessity. Everyone should be getting massage. It's a a physical and a physical necessity. Uh, but if you perceive those as luxuries and you won't allow luxury in your life, you automatically cap experiences and the flow that's needed in order to enjoy those luxuries. Exactly. And a good, a really good test, I think, is if you envision yourself, let's say somebody came up to you and handed you a check for $50,000. Like if you, if you close your eyes and you try to experience that, what happens? How does your body mm. respond? Does your body go, uh-uh, no, uh, no one's ever going to do that for me. I don't, that, what would I, oh, that, I don't know what I'd do with all that money. Then I, then I might be considered rich and snobby and I may be mean. And like that will bring up for you these <clears throat> beliefs that are slowing down the flow of money. Right. Same holds true with relationships. If you were to envision yourself in this relationship with a, a loving partner who adores you and wants to shower you with affection and brings you gifts and, and takes care of you and massages your feet, 
if you envision all that and you go, that's never going to happen for me, my then you know where those deep seated beliefs are and you have a chance to love into those beliefs, exactly. right? So exactly. that, that belief, that look, that child in you, the five-year-old that was told you never get what you want mm -hmm. needs to be shown. Yes, you can have what you want. Yes. This is available to you. Yes, you are loved exactly as you are. And it starts with loving yourself. Like that is the center point right. for all of it. Right. And you know, I can take it a step further. Culturally speaking, one of the things I was told as a child is don't take anything from strangers. Ah. Because they yeah. want something from you. That's what it, it was connected. Oh, right. You don't take anything from strangers because they want something from you. And I get the foundation. I get where it came from because you don't just trust random people, okay? But you take that into your life, right? right? And the universe sends people into your life to bless you and to love on you. And you still hold on to that belief? Hmm, you're giving this to me. What, what's in it for you, right? right? I'm part of a network right now. And when individuals come to our calls, one of the things they ask is, what's in it for you guys? You know, because it's hard to think that people might just want individuals to just expand and grow, right? Yeah. <laughs> there must be something in it for you, is, is, the, is the belief. Because why would a stranger want to do anything for me, right? Now, when you've shifted your focus to the universe gives me what I need and even what I desire abundantly and will use whoever and whatever to bring that to pass, then yeah. everybody is seen as an angel, if you would, all right, or conduit <laughs> towards those desires being fulfilled, right? right. And then the, the focus shifts from um, that predominant belief from the past to sense alignment and connection. And this feels right, or uh, something feels off about it. You're shifted now to trusting your intuition, right? And the yeah. same thing. The same thing goes. Uh, with uh, with relationships, you know, if again going back to, I will connect that to what you said about um, about the body. You know, if you have the perception that I'm gonna go back to beliefs, you know, growing up in church, um, the belief was that if someone appreciated you physically, uh, there's an ulterior motive, right? Right. So mm -hmm. it became kind of difficult to accept a compliment. Somebody said, oh, you look really yes. good. It's like, I don't need to hear this from you, right? right. Indirectly, yeah. what am I saying? I'm rejecting even the, the concept that somebody will want me for my beauty, right? Yes. Or the idea that, okay, beauty, yes, we know beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but beauty only exists within Stuff like that, where people right. tend to shy away from acknowledging even their external beauty, shrinking that because it's not important. No, it's a part of you, just like your eyes are part of you, just like yes. your teeth are part. You know what I'm saying? So um, all of those, they, 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 all of those beliefs seem to to create a relationship that we form with those very experiences, with those things. Right? We talk about yes. money. We talk about money. You see a rich person and you come to the conclusion that, oh, they probably did something evil to get where they are. Right. Naturally, you've concluded that to be wealthy equates being evil. Now, if you don't want to be evil, guess what you're saying to yourself? I'll never be wealthy. Right. Wealth is not for me. Wealth is for other people, not for me. <laughs> When in fact, you actually may have a desire, a secret desire that you've not acknowledged to be abundant and to have wealth, right? But every time you experience it and every time it comes to you, you reject it, right? Now, the things that come to us and the experiences that come to us sometimes signal to us either where we're at or what we are projecting, what we desire. So if yes. life is showing you that, hey, these are some of the things that you actually want, let me reflect that back to you. And you say... Nope, that person is evil. No, they did right. something bad to do that. Or he's just snobbish. And that's how all these people are, right? right. That will never be your experience because mm, I'm not snobbish like those people. 
Well, and if you think about it, I think that that implies a, uh, a zero to 100 mentality, right? So if I go from I have, I can barely make my bills to I'm super wealthy, mm -hmm. there is a huge emotional and energetic disconnect there. Right. If you start with, okay, I love my current situation. You have to, you have to be satisfied with your current situation. That's the starting point. Because the more angst you put into it, the more frustration you put into it, the more resistance you put up. Right. right? Anything coming up. It's like, it's like if you're standing at the edge of the river and you're like, okay, I got my boat, I'm going to float. And then, well, wait a second, let me build a dam first <laughs> and then see if I can float. And you don't go anywhere. Right. Right. So you can start in increments of, okay, I love where I'm at. I'm eager for more. I'm eager for more than enough money to pay my bills for each month. And you get that flowing. I would and even go move to. I would add before I love where I'm at, you know what? I don't like where I'm at. But I have to accept that where I'm at is where I am. That has to be yeah. okay for now. <laughs> yes. You know? Be sat be satisfied where you're at. Absolutely. And and see the fact that you um, Abraham Hicks talks about contrast. And that's my favorite. Yes. You know, that's, that's a really good perspective because it, it, it's okay. So I'm not where I want to be. Um, but by acknowledging that I see where I want to be, that brings into right. my awareness where I want to be. Right. And as soon as I accept that and I go, okay, I'm good where I'm at. I'm eager for more. Can you show me more? How do I get there? And then the synchronicities start to come in and the right. flow comes and, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just got a raise at work. And oh, I just got an extra thousand dollars or, you know, um, somebody's giving me a car and yeah. you know, things like that start to happen. Or you get a really good deal on a car. <laughs> or a really good deal on a car. Yeah. So the synchronicities start to happen and you go, oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then you acknowledge it. You go, yeah, that's pretty cool. I love that. How about more of that? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be from zero to infinitely wealthy. It can be from right. zero to five to 10 to 15 to 20 to, you know, kind of build your way through that. So I love that. You know, self-awareness is a big, plays a big factor in all of this. Mm -hmm. um, really paying attention to, I tell people all the time, when you make that statement, how do you feel? Does it make you feel excited? Does it liven you, liven you up inside? Or does it come with even self-animosity, self-hate? Um, self when you say it, sometimes even if it's to protect you, how does it feel? You know, yeah. does it really just darken you up inside? Do you feel that knot in your stomach that people can't see? Because yes. you need to be honest with yourself. So I was speaking to someone recently about people who say, oh, I don't need a man. And what that actually projects, right? Yes. And I mean, I'm single. Okay. Um, but even for me, when I hear someone say that, you spoke about zero to a hundred, right? They're two extremes. Someone said, I really need a man. And then the other person will say, oh, I don't need any man. Right. What both extremes, what are you saying? What are you projecting? All right. Because for me, and this might be a very strong statement to make for some people, but for me, what I, when I hear someone project that, I see the complete opposite. I see someone who feels the need to project and self-protect, right? Yeah. Instead of acknowledging right. that there is a desire that exists, right? And it might be pacified. It might be covered up with accomplishments and um, accolades in other areas of life, all right? But it's a desire. It's a desire like every other area of our life. And when we can acknowledge that, just acknowledge it. Just right. acknowledge that it would be fun too. It, it feels great when it does exist, right? Mm -hmm. Then again, you're opening that conduit. You're opening the avenues for that to happen, you know? Yeah. And you experience bits and pieces of that in different uh, relationships that you encounter. Short term, mm -hmm. you know, uh, even if it's just a simple date night, right? You can appreciate that, again, with the last statement, right? Where I'm at is where I am, and that's okay. Not put and not project any big expectations from anyone, right? To appreciate what's coming to you in the moment. Ooh, 
I got to go on a fun date and dress up and have fun. And that was great. Right. You know, I'm not right. sulking that with, uh, I don't need that anyways. Or, you right. know what I'm saying? Acknowledging in every situation that what's coming to us is okay for where we're at. And if we can, if we can acknowledge the elements that we appreciate in the moment, then we invite more of those things to come to us. Yes. And using your example, um, a, a practical application step might be, uh, I don't need a man. Mm-hmm. Well, why is it that you don't, you feel that you don't need a man? Well, every man I've ever been with cheated on me. Okay. Right. So you've drawn to yourself people that are not faithful to their partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how about you establish an expectation, a statement, a desire, a wish? Uh, you can put any word on it that says, my partner is faithful to me, Mm -hmm. is faithful to our relationship. And that becomes an expectation. And that is what you put out. That's what you project out, which means you magnetize that to yourself. Right. Uh, And then if you want to go deeper, you can go into the why is it that I attract people that cheat? Well, my father was a cheater. And therefore, you know, that was my expectation as growing up is that that's how relationships worked. Okay. So let's, Let's love that child who had that expectation and give her all the attention she needs. And then let's bring in the expectation that I have men and partners in my life who are, who are loyal and faithful and loving and committed, uh, but not in a codependent kind of crazy way. Right. Right. You took the words right, right out of my mouth. I love that. I love that. I was thinking between that zero to a hundred. I love that concept, actually. The zero to a hundred. Where am I at this point? What from those beliefs in my mind? Mm-hmm. How long have I had these beliefs? Well, you've been building a lot of momentum if it's since you were four years old based on that experience with your dad. And it yes. may mean that, like you said, love that little child, all right? Write a letter to that child, okay? Mm-hmm. Reprogram the message that that child has held on to so yeah. that you can come back to the present and be accepting of the reality that the absence of, absence, sorry, of those things that you have wanted created emotions that, you, that are not pleasant. Right. And if you can accept that and accept that if these emotions are not pleasant, then there must be desires that I am either not acknowledging I'm not being honest with myself in this moment. So what is the truth? The truth is not I don't want a man in my life, but I don't want a man with those qualities. And that's a great big step for some people, Mm -hmm. you know, and acknowledging, oh, does it, that might lead to another unwanted statement, right? I don't even know if these people even exist. Is it even possible to have someone with those qualities, right? Taking it to a next step, which might have to unravel another um, held belief, right? That, oh, those good men, they don't exist anymore, right? Right. So it takes takes one, being honest, self-aware, acknowledging in this moment, even if you're not ready to project that or uh, profess it to other individuals, but at least to yourself, you know, being right. honest with self and acknowledging that this is what I have attracted based on my beliefs. And, and I've not been honest in saying that, you know, I'm independent and I don't need anybody, but that what actually was the case, you know, and you connect, you connect A with B to get to where you, where you want to be, you know. Yeah. I think that's that's um, a big factor. Uh, and in doing so, right, we start creating new beliefs about yeah. those very topics, which forms different, different relationships, all right? Your relationship with money changes. You see someone who has money, and now you can be happy for them. You can yes. acknowledge that. Um, I can say for me, once I started acknowledging that, wow, I have always been receiving blessings all the time. Even the things that I thought were needs, they were actually just desires and they were being fulfilled. So why should I even worry about the other things that I desire and that, you know, they will come, right? What I have actually had to acknowledge that maybe the only thing that has prevented them from coming, which is usually the case for everything else, 
It's not even just a gestation period, but just the fact that I need to acknowledge that mm -hmm. I have been receiving and I'll continue to receive. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be in that place where you actually allow things to flow to you. Right. There is a practice called Access Consciousness, and, and they've defined a really interesting um, concept. Uh, they call it POTPOC. So it's point of destruction, point of creation. Mm -hmm. So using the example of the four-year-old who may have witnessed a you know, dad cheating on mom, right? So they form this belief system that men cheat on their, their women, and so that becomes an expectation of life. That is the point of destruction. So up until that point, you were innocent, right, in your belief system. And there is a point where you, it destroys that innocence and creates this belief system. So with Pod Pac, we can use that to go back to that point and we can clear the, the energetic, emotional establishment in that moment and kind of, it really just takes you to just before that moment. So you don't lose the memory of that necessarily, but it loses its emotional power mm, to create exactly. your beliefs. And then you can create a belief um, that supports your true desire. Um, and it is, it is a very conscious belief that you embed in your self-conscious. So you're therefore taking control of it. And I have had people say to me, I don't have any control of my self-conscious mind. Or, and I said, hold your breath. Like what? Hold your breath. You have now taken control of your subconscious because <laughs> breathing is a subconscious thing, right? We just breathe. We don't think about it until we do think about it. Mm -hmm. Then we take control over it. So that is, it, that is a, a real example of how we take over our subconscious mind. I like that. Um, so PodPoc is really powerful and you don't have to know the moment that that happened it's all embedded in your, in the memory of your cells in your subconscious mind. Um, it will remember that moment if you ask it to. So mm. come back to the point of where I decided that all men are cheaters, or I decided that I have to work super hard for money or money doesn't grow on trees, or um, I'm safer when I'm heavy, when I'm fat, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. You, you can go into your subconscious and reverse that and, and work with your subconscious mind to do that. Definitely. Is, it's powerful, amazing, incredible work. Definitely. I like that. You know, uh, added to that, uh, I've held to the belief, some people may not agree, that if you can know, you can know how you have... Uh, shifted from an experience, the dominance that an experience has over you based on the emotions that you produce when you revisit that incident, right? Mm -hmm. So I am always uh, leery of individuals, even helpers, right? In the help, people in the helping field who will speak of experiences in the past mm -hmm. and start breaking down as if it were happening in this moment. It really does something like, I'm thinking, okay, did you really get over that thing? If it's still producing the same emotions in you, right? right? It's one thing to talk about it, all right? But when you can speak, now sometimes it may produce some emotions, don't get me wrong. When you look back at where I was to where I am right now, it's like, boom, like, oh my goodness. It's so amazing, it'll bring tears to your eyes, right? When you go back there and you start talking about it, and all of a sudden, the same old emotions come up. You feel that knot in your stomach, your throat tightens, that drop in your belly, and you start crying like you're reliving the experience. Chances right. are the effects of that is still present in your life. You might yes. see elements of it that's present, right? When you right. can go back there and really see it as being back there, now granted, it's, it's just us telling us it's back there because our brain doesn't really acknowledge time. But once we separate it, it's about, I believe it's about um, a separation of vibration. So you look back there, but you've come so far that your brain would not even allow you to go back there emotionally. Now, when you're telling the story, it's just a story that you're telling. It's just, a, just oh, yeah, this happened one day. And you know what? This is what has brought me to this point. But it doesn't yeah. take me back there. When it yeah. takes you back there, it's still controlling you. 
Yes. Yeah, the subconscious mind doesn't recognize time, so it doesn't know if you're 45 or 5. Right. Um, so, That's yeah. We have so many 5-year-olds in 45-year-old bodies. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Uh, I like the ad that... Um, the ad where you have a set of business people sitting there on a desk, but they're talking about some gummy or something. The gummy bears, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, they're speaking in their childlike voice, but they're grown adults. And ever so often, I think, well, that's how most people act emotionally anyway. They you do. know, we're taking charge of business, taking charge in the house, taking charge of everything, but inside, there are emotions that really have you stuck at three and four and five. Yes, yes. To, to uh, not allow that child, child's experience to control us, um, we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. In other words, we have to see that emotion. We have to experience it. We have to feel it. We have to go through it and integrate it. Uh, a practice that I found um, that works incredibly well is to do a fear inventory. And uh, this starts with, um, I'm rejecting the fact that I want to make $10,000 a month because I have deep-seated fears that I will. Mm -hmm. So I went through that in regards to my practice and working with clients and deep-seated fears like I'm going to screw it up, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to feel the emotion of disappointing my clients. Um, I am going to... Um, not fail to meet their needs and feel their anger towards me. Um, fear that I will be validated deeply, um, which was a really interesting one because we say we want to be validated, but you and I were talking about it earlier. This, the sense that we aren't, we don't feel worthy of being validated shows up in like, Oh, your dress is really pretty. Oh, thanks. Cost six bucks on the rack. I thought I'd buy it. You know, I like the color, you know, it isn't, it isn't thank you for saying that I look nice in this dress. It's the seven reasons why you bought the dress that has nothing mm -hmm. to do with how it looks on you, right? <laughs> or like I was saying, um, yeah. sometimes <laughs> even uh, religion could be a cloak, right? That makes yeah. it honorable to not receive that validation, right? right? So somebody were to say, you know, you did an awesome job at that presentation. Oh, it's all God, you know. It's God, right. it's not me. <laughs> we yeah. already know that God is working in you. And you did awesome. How about just saying thank you? <laughs> yeah. Say thank you, right? Say yeah. thank you. You know, yeah. but it, and again, it goes back to what I said about even rejecting the statement I made about people who think that you shouldn't take gifts from strangers or that if someone is complimenting your body, they may have an ulterior motive. You know, what you're doing with presenting that Oh yeah, it's not me, it's God, right? That I've often seen as so fake. But um, <laughs> what you're doing actually is pushing away some of the very things that you want. Yeah. You know, you're pushing away. And it's a, I won't say it's a need. I don't know if you have a need to be validated. You can add to that. But it feels good. It feels, it good. feels good when it's received from a good place, right? Yes. There's, 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 a, there's a contrast between feeding my ego and just receiving a good compliment that lets me know, hey, I'm doing good. And guess what? When you know it because your spirit has confirmed it to you, everything else is just like, oh, thank you. In my mind, it's like, yeah, I knew that. Right. You're not yeah. egotistic okay. knowing that. I knew that. I yeah. felt it. After I was right. done, I felt like it was a good presentation. So you saying that to me is like, oh, thank you. I didn't yes. need it to feel mm -hmm. good about myself, but it feels good to receive it. You, you yes. know what I'm saying? So sure. um, uh, it's allowing, allowing ourselves to receive and breaking down those beliefs that may have been formed even in the midst of good religious concepts that may have meant well, but have destroyed us. Yeah. The biggest one being, I'm not worthy. Nowhere. I could use the Bible. I would use the Quran. Nowhere do you find the teachers that were being spoken of saying to their followers, you are not worthy. Right? That's man's creation. Yes. Right? So when I go around saying and professing, I'm not worthy, 
for such and such and such. That's not coming from my inner being. I reject that. <laughs> no, I was born worthy. And everybody else too, you were born worthy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Some, yes. of these, some of these beliefs were, were ingrained in us from childhood. And it takes a lot. Even me, I, I'm, you know, I'm speaking this and I thought, man, there could be people receive, listening that may think, what are you talking about? Because it's that deep seated. Yes. We say it over and over again, and it forms an ingraining in our minds that that's how it is. That's reality. Yes. Right? And, the, and, the, and the more ancestral um, energetic buildup of I am not worthy going back however many generations we go back, right? Um, a, a good valid test of that um, is if you're a person who um, apologizes when you get a compliment, <laughs> that's a, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, or thanks, or, you know, you, I used to not even say thanks. I would mm -hmm. justify all the reasons why it wasn't me. Right. Um, and um, a really good test and a very difficult test at first is to look yourself in the eyes in the mirror and say, I am worthy. Yes. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be hard and yes. say it again and say it again and say it a hundred times or a thousand times until the tears stop and your throat stops constricting and you can get through the whole sentence and then you can say it loudly. And that, that really draws up a lot of the whatever is down in there. It draws it up out of the energetic field and the truth of your creation, which is you are completely and totally worthy and amazing and incredible, that is able to shine through. Mm -hmm. And when somebody says that dress looks great on you, you go, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> right? Yeah. And another great thing that I think is really amazing is I, I wrestled with, because uh, I'd love to be on stages teaching to a thousand people. I, I, I wanted that for years, but I went through this whole, but I've got to be humble. And it's only if I'm, you know, if that happens and what well, I may or may not be able to do it. I mean, I went through all this stuff, but the being humble and not lifting myself up and not putting myself out there in the big shiny lights because that's not what I'm supposed to do really has held me back. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I recall reading um, a passage that said um, he, he, you know, he made himself known so that he could teach what was meant to be taught. And I thought, okay, that's good. But then I would dive back into the humble piece of it because I didn't agree that I should be validated because I didn't believe that I was worthy of being validated. So I had to untie, unravel that. Um, and the uh, going through the fear inventory helped me a lot to unravel those pieces of it. And then the mirror work has always been incredible that just look mm -hmm. yourself deep in the eyes and not the belief, but the truth is what you speak. The I am statements. Mm -hmm. Get that. That's so amazing. Uh, and you know, um, there's a book. Don't remember the author. Telling yourself the truth. I don't mm. recall the author at this time. But being very honest with self and saying, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. This is where this comes yes. from. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you mentioned looking in the mirror and saying, I am worthy or I'm beautiful. Um, yes. <clears throat> and, and really acknowledging what is coming up from me when I say this. Mm -hmm. You said it, you know, things are coming to the surface. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I probably never saw myself as being worthy, mm -hmm. you know. Is it just being worthy? Do I deserve this? Do I think I deserve good things coming to me? You right. know, it might lead to another affirmation that you need to work with. I deserve having good things flow to me. You know? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> but really, and we don't have to, what? We don't have to make it our life's work to unravel things. All we have to do is make ourselves open to receiving. Mm -hmm. When experiences, I remember years ago when I started, you know, I use relationships as an example. I mean, when I really started realizing the patterns that I was attracting, I said, okay, this has nothing to do with anybody else but myself. 
I had to I had to acknowledge that out loud. This has nothing to do with anybody else. I didn't know anything about the law of attraction. I didn't know none of this stuff, but I just said, okay, something's going on here. I'm getting the same things coming to me in different forms over and over again. I need to do something with myself, right? When you get to that point, you that is actually, I believe, the biggest work that we need to do. That opens you up to receiving differently. And it comes through experiences. It comes through the downloads that you receive, mm-hmm. right? Those downloads that come in the moment, maybe when you're meditating or you're having an interaction, you're having an interaction with someone, it's like, a, huh, huh, that's, that was from me. Sometimes yeah. a conversation has nothing to do with what you're, what's coming to you. <laughs> right? But you're like, huh, I know that wasn't me. I need to pay attention to that, right? Being yes. open to receiving and acknowledging that once I have professed that, I have said it with my mouth, all right? I've acknowledged that to myself. That is actually, that one thing, I believe, is actually the biggest factor that hinders people from moving from point A to point B. People don't want to see themselves, right? We're so used to putting on these cloaks that protect us that, and many times, everybody else has already seen it. Everybody else is aware. We're hiding from, it's like that kid playing hide and seek and they're doing this, right? (laughs) The only person who's not seeing is you, right? right? But when you can get to that point and just acknowledge that, yeah, this this is what I've been doing. And you know what? Everybody else has done it too. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. the biggest work to me. Life yeah. is going to bring it to us. Uh, one of my favorite practices that I picked up not too long ago is um, the gentleman who coined it is actually um, Japanese. And he says, you got to use arigato for everything, which is thank you in Japanese. So every time you hand someone money over to pay a bill, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you that those funds were available. Thank yeah. you for giving me your service or your goods. Um, thank you that you know money's coming in. Thank you that money's going out. And thank you that I met this amazing person who gave me the gift of some knowledge that I needed. Mm-hmm. Or thank you that you brought me a book that gave me a piece of the puzzle. Um, so it's a, it's a constant thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's a gratitude practice that is... Um, beyond the skimming over, you know, and, and the basic journaling gratitude practice is a really good place to start. But we really need to be thankful for each experience in our life because they all have this opportunity to teach us right. and give us something. Right. Um, which I think comes also to the idea that, um, and, you know, my sort of my closing uh, idea on this is that it's as hard as we make it. So everything is your perception. And if Mm -hmm. you perceive everything to be hard, everything is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. If you perceive each experience in life as an opportunity and a growth and a knowledge and whatever, you know, like whatever word you want to apply to it. And you go, thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, that was a tough experience. Um, my car didn't start this morning. Gosh, that was really difficult. But guess what? I passed a really bad car accident on the way to work. That might've been me. Thank mm-hmm. you. And I hope that that person is fine and there are no injuries. You know, it's all those pieces of it, right? I didn't know how I was going to pay the rent this month. And then I got a refund check from, you know, whatever. Thank you. I, I, I don't even know where that came from, but thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when we're digging into those, the fear inventory and looking ourselves in the mirror, it's, it, it's going to be difficult at first, but it is as difficult as you allow it to be. If you continue mm. to think it's going to be difficult, it's going to continue to be difficult. So you've got to really make a decision about, I'm, into, I'm into, into this for the long haul. I'm into this for the transformation. And um, what comes up is going to be an exploration. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what comes up. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So closing thoughts for you? Uh I shared a video with someone, a video that I have done with someone this morning. And she said to me, brought tears to her eyes, and she started telling me why. And I said, 
this situation is not happening to you. This is not an original, by the way, right? (laughs) (laughs) But it's really happening for you in the long run. And if we can acknowledge that every experience that I've always, I've always uh, been looking at my life like a puzzle, right? A puzzle. Now, I don't know if we ever get that last piece in. I don't have the answer to that. Yeah. (laughs) However, I can say this. When you look at your life like a puzzle, then you see that everything is always working for you. It's never working against you. It's working for you. Even those moments in your life where you acknowledge, man, I have been the one doing this all along. I've been doing this to myself. Guess what? That's a momentous momentous realization to have right because even that is a confirmation that listen this was working for you that expansion that is birthed as a result of that acknowledgement you can't take away you know and just acknowledging every moment that i'm okay Mm -hmm. i'm all right some people think by that by saying that it gives you a pat on the back but guess what you never really shift by beating yourself over the head Right. So acknowledging that where I am is where I am, just like a child who's learning to walk. I've been falling because I'm learning. I'm learning about myself and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The analogy of the, the flower vase always comes to mind. You know, if you're constantly pouring out of your vase but not filling it back up again, your vase will eventually be empty and you won't be able to pour out for anyone, yourself or anybody else those acknowledgements of I am okay, I am good, I am worthy, I am love, uh, the self-acknowledgement and um, then connecting with your divine, your higher power, the great something, whatever you, whatever your terminology is, God. Um, then by doing that, you, it's like you put your vase under the faucet. By doing the meditations and spending time with yourself and getting to know yourself and acknowledging and loving and, and, and um, giving yourself those flowers, if you will, um, then your vase will fill up. And once it's full, you can then flow out to others. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a teacher, and I'm not going to remember the name, who talks about the fact that we are first, um, we are first responsible to to complete, not complete ourselves, but bring ourselves to center and to know ourselves and, and bring ourselves there. And then we can expand out and become part of the greater movement. Um, and that is really interesting because it seems very selfish. But if you think about the vase, if, if you're not being somewhat selfish, your vase is going to run out of water and you will right. not be able to help anyone. Right. Um, so we aren't contributing that at that point in time. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Oh, well, good. Um, another amazing conversation. Thank you, Jerry Lynn. I appreciate it. And I hope you have an amazing, blessed week. Thank Have you. You fun. too. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.